think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback. Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever lay some up. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. She got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. I suppose to be the franchise, but we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Tuesday, December 11th, 2018. Monsieur Mangus here, giving you the rundown on everything sports and entertainment. Those of you that don't know us, this is End of Regulation, the best thing since sliced bread. Changing the sports and entertainment industry one episode at a time, doing things a little differently here tonight. First, we must ask you to go ahead and pick up your phones right now and check us out on Instagram and Twitter. If nothing else, make sure to to subscribe to our podcast and Make sure that you do not miss out on another episode. To go ahead and introduce the crew that is in the stew recording episode 35, the Dirty Sanchez sold his WoW account for $20,000 and blew it all at the casino in one night. Tommy Lasagna, how we doing, kid? Oh, it was one hell of a night, I'll tell you that much. We're, uh... Also one hell of a WoW account. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, a man who grew up with a pet raccoon, live from the swamps, Brent Jernigan. How we doing? Uh, pretty awesome. I have a fantastic collection of coonskin caps, of course. Uh, <laughs> raccoons of course. eventually had to die. Taxidermy, right? You've got it up on your fireplace? Yeah, I have lots of stuffed animals in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lastly, uh, a gentleman who drunkenly ate a tube of toothpaste in college, Barrel Chest Grimes. How we doing, kid? Doing well, boys. I uh, hate to admit that that's a, that's a true one, but it uh, sure oh, is. <laughs> sure is. All right, gentlemen. Well, you know the drill. Uh, we're going to give uh, these listeners a little bit of a rundown. Obviously, we're going to start with some banner. <clears throat> we're going to be talking a little bit of whale sex, remembering a legend, talking Mark Sanchez, and a lot more. So stay tuned. Talk a little bit of NFL playoff picture. Our favorites our thoughts and hot takes as we creep into the playoff season here. Uh, and week 15, obviously, of beating the bookie. Is your bank account at capacity? I ask you again. Lastly, we'll finish up with some college basketball. We've got a little bit of our hot takes as well as our Power 5 rankings. Oh, and by the way, all three end-of-regulations picks hit last weekend, <laughs> so you're welcome. Let's go ahead and just summarize that for you briefly. End of Regulation is bringing you, the listener, a summary of everything electric in the world of sports and entertainment. We're filling your pockets with a little bit of money while doing so, so you might as well keep listening. Let's go ahead and kick it over to Tommy Lasagna to talk to us a little bit about an Instagram celebrity who's been making a little bit of ruckus. Uh, well, Instagram celebrity is, is putting it nicely. The, the more common term is porn star. And I'm talking about Asa or Asa Akira. I don't really know how to say it. Uh, Asa. Awesome. Asa. I've seen, I've seen a lot of her work. And let me tell you, she is one of the best in the business. But, <laughs> but it looks like time is up. Because according to one of her posts, she's pregnant. And like three, four months pregnant right now. And I won't get into the, the wording of the post because I feel like I need to take a shower just reading it. 
but I like I'm trying to wrap my head around this, and like I don't know if I feel worse for the kid to be or for the father. I w- I will slight. I'll get into the wording quickly because it has to be said that in a fucking social media post addressing her future child, she referred to herself as a filthy pig slut. Yeah. So no. So no. In, in that sense, she said, "I'm still horny as fuck all the time. I'm still a filthy pig slut." So I think. You know, whatever kid eventually captures that screenshot and just throws it right in her future son's face, uh, how do you you don't come back from that? So that's a no, big bummer. That kid's done. Your mom jokes he's, he's, for he's days. Literally failed before he be, he's even started. <laughs> yeah. So pull one out for the homie. That's yeah, awesome. seriously. Well, there's another individual that we have to pour one out for. Uh, uh, a 12 year old kangaroo that's died. Somebody want to take this away? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's our ripped fucking kangaroo uh, from Australia, of course, Roger. Um, if anyone has Roger. had Twitter, yeah, fucking Roger, mate. Um, if anyone has had Instagram or Twitter for the last however many years, uh, everyone has seen a picture of this jacked, jacked kangaroo. He, no telling how many people's bitches he he banged throughout throughout his day <laughs> down under. But yeah, I mean, you hate to see it. He he's dead. I don't know if twelve years old is old for a kangaroo. I feel like. I feel like he he probably tapped out pretty soon, just based on how ripped he was. Like he he had a shorter life expectancy, so um, taking anyways, a lot of yeah, roids, I, man. I, <laughs> those kangaroos, yeah, steroids. roids will do that was, to you. Was, so. Yo, was Roger like just naturally jacked, or did they? Was he like yeah, in a man. zoo and just they had him doing pull-ups? I don't think he was on any pre-workout or anything. I think he did no, some I hard time. He was just doing deadlifts. Yeah. Hard time at the Australian <laughs> Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, truly an enigma. Uh, one of the most insane things I've ever seen in the animal kingdom. So RIP Roger, uh, I definitely put some bush on the ground for you this week. Well, we must throw up a post if that's the case. Yeah. And it also makes it, it makes and, you feel good to know that he's, he's back reunited with Steve Irwin. So no doubt that is, yeah, a, that's a and, big thing, right? And, and, Her- and, and Harambe so and Harambe. He's and up Harambe. with his homies. I almost forgot about Harambe. Yeah. <laughs> he's in a better place now. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got a little bit of an update for you all that's just kind of come in uh, recently, right before we started recording. Tom brought it to my attention. I assume that uh, the Twitter fiend himself, Mr. Jernigan, has stumbled across this. Um, But Elon Musk has an update or an announcement, and I'll turn it over to you guys to chat about it. Yeah, apparently, if it's on Twitter, it's real. But this is more importantly off of his personal Twitter and he's essentially unveiling his like big tunnel system under Los Angeles, I guess Friday or whatever day the 18th is. Lost track of my days here with this snow day. Um, but he's also going to reveal uh, apparently it's like self-driving, fully automated cars, and that is like sort of the punchline to his tweet. And uh, apparently, it's like it was supposed to be out on the 11th, which is what today. So it's supposed to be out today. Comes out next Tuesday. Uh, I, for one, am scared as hell of autonomous vehicles, but it, 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 it'd be cool to see. You know, it's like revolutionary, like groundbreaking shit. I completely I gotta disagree s- as far as being scared of them. I think it's going to be like the dopest dope ever. Um, this is some, uh, you know, some Jetson shit right here. Cars finally driving themselves. People thought this was going to be happen- happening long ago. Um, so this is exciting. As far as the damn boring company, like this giant hole that he's digging... I don't even know who like approved that. Probably no one. If I really had to guess, um, I honestly, no I'm going to step in. I'm going to call bullshit on this, uh, and I don't doubt his ability 
and if he does accomplish it, it would be fucking epic. But you think about like Uber and Waymo and all these companies that are trying to create autonomous sectors and that have been putting out like test vehicles into the public, which you haven't necessarily seen from him. Uh, and then all of a sudden he just comes forward and he's like tweeting. He's like, yo, by the way, I'm about to drop autonomous vehicles. I, I just I think that this is like a, a very uh, bold statement. And I don't think he's going to um, this is like the same thing. Like he, he ended up creating it. But for the kids in Thailand, he was like a day and a dollar short. Like he left it there and he was like, oh, if people in the future need it, that'd be great. But I'm calling a little bit of bullshit. I hope it's I mean, we'll, real. We'll see in a week. Yeah. I'm fully yeah. team Elon. I'm that's, team I've Elon never too. Made any Me too. That, so. No, I'm He's, I'm, he's I'm come through with just about everything. I'm telling you, I'll tell you, I'll say this. Like if the guy can figure out how to launch a rocket into space and then land it back on Earth, pretty sure he can figure out how to dig a fucking hole and make a car drive itself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm with Harry. That's on a that good one. take. He well, is wicked fucking smart. Dude. Consensus. You see that footage though of that of that SpaceX uh, rocket going straight into the fucking ocean. He's probably watching that like, oh my god, <laughs> fuck, like so much someone money just going job. straight. Someone yeah, someone job. definitely <laughs> lost a job on that one. All right, well, uh, we digress. Speaking of rockets, um, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of rockets, Steph Curry uh, wants to go to the fucking moon. Um, and we should probably all start a GoFundMe to get him there, or he can just use his fucking rock star bank account to do so. <clears throat> this guy is doubting that humans have ever landed on the moon. You're a schmuck. I'll say it here. I don't care how good you are at basketball. My suggestion is that you read a book. Or here's another one. NASA tweeted back and trolled him on Twitter and offered him a full tour of their lunar lab uh, just to kind of stick it in his face. Um, so... Just thought I'd throw that in there. Thought it was a funny little bit, um, but you're not funny, Steph. So on to the next one. Harrison. Steph? Go ahead, Harry. No, uh, no, you got something for Brent? Yeah, yeah. I mean, two things. I would love to put Steph Curry in a room with fucking Buzz Aldrin and tell him that he did not land on that. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's what I want. I want Steph Curry and Buzz Aldrin on this podcast discussing how it's all made up. Also... I mean, it's like a proven fact. Um, obviously, I couldn't convince Steph Curry of this, but when they did go to the moon, they left a damn mirror there, and really all the way up until about 2010, that's how we judged the distance from Earth to the moon. We shot a laser at this fucking mirror. So, it's, I mean, it's, it's a fact. I know we all know it's a fact. I'm not, Steph's not listening, unfortunately. Maybe he is. But, Steph, you're an idiot, my man. It, it happened. It happened. <laughs> uh, well... We alluded to it a little bit in the beginning, but we're going to talk to you a little bit about some whale sex. Harrison, why don't you take it away? Yeah, so this is uh, a couple of weeks old at this point, but I uh, just wanted to bring it to everyone's attention because I just think it's something that people need to be aware about. Um, whales are, are, are being attacked right now, and they're under attack by John McAfee. <laughs> And his and his uh, and his penis. Um, <laughs> save the whale. Save the whales, so, bro. <laughs> so save the whales. But let me. I'll provide a little context because what I just said probably makes no fucking sense. Uh, John McAfee, uh, founder of uh, McAfee Antivi- Antivirus, also a proud alumni of Roanoke College. Uh, go Maroons. Um, go Maroons. Tweeted out the other day, and, and I'll read this verbatim. Uh, some call me "quote unquote" whale fucker. All right. There's a private club of a few dozen Maori men and one butch woman that met in Molokai each year to fuck a whale. True. 
Men on paddle boards heard the whale while one tries to fuck it. Wouldn't let me in the club. Tried it alone. Epic fail. Now, you know, the, the, the club, you know, let's leave the club alone for a second. The fact that this crazy SOB would actually try and go fuck a whale by himself is one of the most insane things I've ever heard in my entire life. I don't think anything anyone can ever top what he just put out to the entire world. There's so Dude. much going on in that that, like, one, you know, I'll start at the very simplest thing. Why paddle boards? You know, like, why would you not just get a fucking boat? You I'm know? assuming where, people are, like, you can... tribal. Like, they don't have boats. Yeah, okay. I'm picturing, Good like, point, people Harry. wrapped in towels. Yeah. That's a good point. But now my second fucking point to John McAfee was like, what, you know, how far underwater is, you know, is this at the surface? What happens if you just, are you clamping onto this whale? Is it just going to drag you down underwater? You know, like I have, I have no idea how to wrap So many questions. It. Yeah. So much to unpack there. It, it hurts. I, I, I honestly have one question. Who is this butch woman? And how <laughs> does she fuck a whale? It's Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> I was wondering where she comes into play. I, I can't oh, imagine she, unless she's the one who's like like handling the whale because clearly she's you know big and strong and, and all that. Yeah. So maybe she's the one who's kind of Is holding she the it whale at bay. Herder? She might be the herder. My my only question. I said it once. I'll say it again. Do you put it in like the two hole or the blow hole or like you got options here? <laughs> yeah, I just. So many how do you even know a male whale from a female whale? If it's if it's possible to get John on this on this podcast. I mean, um, we should do out. so, and, and we know, considering we're alumni of the same college we went to, uh, maybe that gives us a, a foot in the door. So <clears throat> we'll have him on it and really get this whole the full story on this. He's, on this he's whole such thing. a loose cannon that he would probably be down if if only we could contact him. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's uh, wrap it up and talk a little bit of football banner. Uh, I know we've got a lot here on the docket, so let's go ahead and get through it. Um, first and foremost. Heisman came, Heisman went, Harrison's prediction came true. Boom. Why don't you talk to us? Yeah, Kyler Murray uh, took home the Heisman. Um, as I predicted, you know, like we like we said in our episode uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, you take Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma, Oklahoma's not in the playoff. If you take Tua off of Alabama, Alabama's more than likely still going to make the playoff. So that was a big factor, at least in my, in my rationale of why Kyler should win it. Um, he had a pretty good speech. The funniest thing that I that I thought from the whole thing was how uninterested his dad was in the entire fucking process. His dad literally was in the crowd, front row, and they kept panning to him as Kyler was giving his speech. The dude's cross-armed with his head kind of tilted back to the side like he just does not give a single fuck that his son just won the Heisman. Thought it was a pretty weird thing, but uh, good for Kyler. Um, now we get to see the matchup we all want to see. I wonder Tua. if he's like fully... I wonder if he's like fully checked out of the football thing just because he sees it as a threat to well his uh, contract. You mean that he the signed. dad? Or, you mean the dad or Kyler himself? Yeah, the dad. No, the dad. I'd say that's a little bit of play. That's that's what I was going to bring up. Uh, he's probably thinking about that ten million dollars signing bonus or whatever that Kyler got as a you know first round draft pick by the A's. Um, at the same time, uh, you know that's. Really, there are only a couple athletes uh, where you can even mention, you know, Heisman consideration and freaking baseball stud in the same sentence. Uh, it turns out one of the most recent ones was that Jeff Samarja dude or whatever from, uh, you know, Notre Dame yeah. who ended up being 
you know, could have been a first-round wide receiver pick, went as a first-round baseball pitcher anyways, and obviously that was in his best financial interest. But, of course, the other famous guys would be Deion Sanders, uh, famous Falcon and Brave, and, of course, the daddy dog himself, Bo Jackson. So anytime you're in a conversation with those two last guys, uh, you're really doing something. I think I've, I've just in the last month I've gained like a shitload of respect for Murray, and it shouldn't go without being said that this makes him the fourth Heisman winning quarterback from Oklahoma since 2003. Um, so if there's, you know, if I'm a high school quarterback, by the way, that's Jason White in 03, Bradford in 08. Then of course you had Baker Mayfield last year and now Kyler Murray. So uh, their most, their two most recent ones were transfers. That's impressive. And if I'm a quarterback or any offensive stud, uh, Oklahoma is where I'm going. You know, that's just damn. Did Adrian Peterson not win a Heisman? Um, I think may, perhaps he did win a Heisman, but that was stri- I was strictly speaking quarterbacks. I'm oh, oh, gotcha. Sure if he did or didn't, gotcha. Cool. Yeah, pretty good stuff. Uh, sorry, Tom, that Haskins didn't pull it home, but it looks like Haskins is going to go to the NFL draft, so he'll be okay. Yeah, which, which is also dumb, but I mean, do what you got to do. He he would be a shoe in for next season, but I don't know with the whole Urban Meyer retiring thing. I understand it; it's probably in his best interest right now. Yeah. Well, uh, on the topic of quarterbacks, I had the pleasure of going to watch the Giants this weekend put an absolute fucking whooping on the Redskins. Uh, The Redskins made the Giants' defense look like a top three team, uh, which is extremely difficult to do. Uh, Mark Sanchez, we have to thank for that. Uh, That is part of... Tonight's discussion, the rise and demise of Mark Sanchez, shortest comeback uh, ever. Um, shout out to Josh Johnson, who stepped in for him. He had the entire crowd cheering uh, just when balls were caught for, for less than a five-yard fucking reception. <laughs> um, people were just going crazy. Um, he learned his teammates' names uh, playing Madden. Guy's a fucking legend. I think he's like 34 years old. He's been on 100 teams. He's been on some like minor teams. And uh, so he's he's basically learned his entire squad year after year playing Madden. So shout out to that. So, uh, you know. He was nice, dude. He said video games. Yeah, he did anything. He did have a pretty couple. Granted, it was was 40 to nothing. There was a brief moment there where we had both Mark Sanchez and RG3 on the field. It felt like 2011 all over again. (laughs) What a fucking weird, weird year of, of NFL football. Not in the same game, of course. I just mean on the same weekend. Yep. But honestly, Sanchez, in all seriousness, looked absolutely pitiful. Uh, I think he is done forever. Uh, I think that is the last we'll see of him. I think, honestly, Colin Kaepernick has a better shot of coming back. Um, but uh, on that note, fourth uh, fourth quarter, I believe, or second half even, um, Eli uh, was replaced uh, by Kyle Laletta. Is that how you pronounce his name? Laletta? Yeah. Yeah. Laletta. Um, and that was just not the right decision. We did not score a point in the second half. The guy is dog shit. He went 0-5, I believe, with one interception. Um, and everybody's always saying, you know, Eli needs to go. Eli needs to go. Well, I, I don't think so. So, yeah. um, fuck the haters. 
Eli ride and die. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and it no- should be it should be pointed out the Giants have been averaging thirty plus points a game in their last six games. So obviously they've they've made something happen, and Eli has. You know, he's bought himself a little, a little more life here at the at the end of this season. Yeah, and, and the only thing I'll say, the only reason why Kyle Lalletta came in in the in the first place uh, was just because of the score itself. They, uh, I think Saquon also got um, pulled from the rest of the game. He didn't play at all in the fourth quarter, and uh, so that's fine. Like I, you know, I was totally fine with that move. Give the guy a little bit of experience, see what he's got. Clearly, he's still you know not up to snuff to be an NFL quarterback. And like I, you know, like I've been saying all along, like Eli is not the is not the issue. Granted. You know, beginning first six games, eight games of the season, it looked like, you know, it was all done for and, and his career was done. But, you know, second half surge, they have all the offensive pieces. You know, all they got to <laughs> yeah, do is they realize fix stuff they on have Saquon and, Barkley. Yeah, that's exactly. It. And Feed every Saquon. legit Giants, every Giants team that's ever, like, been very legit, won Super Bowls, has kind of ponied up on the backs of their running back. Tiki Barber, for example. Brandon Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw uh, in 2011. Yes. So, so that's that's where they've always found their success. So, you know, Eli, when you have a franchise quarterback, it, it gives you the perfect opportunity to build around around that quarterback. So, granted, they're gonna have to look for a quarterback, you know, next year or the year after. But use the you know Eli still being capable of winning you games to build up your offensive line, to build up your defense and your secondary. So, I think Eli sticks around for 2019, and I'm pretty stoked about it. Let's go. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we are kind of, I didn't even notice looking at this now that we're riding a serious QB trend, but um, I just wanted to make a quick announcement. I'm still riding the Baker Mayfield Express. I love this guy. Uh, He took down the Panthers this weekend, 26 to 20. He called out the fans of Cleveland. Um, Apparently... They said it was too cold, but it's always fucking cold there. Um, 59,000, essentially, uh, seats out of 67,000 seats, almost 70, or 68,000 seats filled. Um, so a huge amount, thousands of, of, obviously, fans not present. Uh, Baker called them out. He's been winning for them, something that Cleveland hasn't seen much of, and then they kind of dip out. So I'm kind of I'm calling a dickhead of the week on Cleveland. Uh, because I think the city's begged for wins and, and Baker's brought it to them, and now they're just like, oh, it's too fucking cold. So um, dickhead of the week for me is Cleveland. That's why I brought this up today. Interesting. Any <laughs> dickheads. <laughs> um, but uh, in all seriousness, as a good transition into our NFL segment, um, my question to you three, 99-yard touchdown by Derrick Henry on that Thursday night game. Versus the double lateral Miami victory, who wins for best play of the week? You got to you got to go. With, yeah, get out of here, Tom. You Not know it's close. the double lateral, and you know the reason. Run. The reason why the double lateral is a better play was just solely because of the situation. Like how? No I mean, way. See, even as the tit- home Titans fan here, it's the lateral. As far as most exciting play of the weekend, yeah, that. No way. Game, uh, zero seconds on the clock, two laterals to win the game. Um, yeah, that's it. Was take, lucky. That's it was pure. Kick. It was pure luck. What Derrick Henry well, did was the most prolific run I've ever seen. That was it. Was an it was, anomaly. It was impressive. Dude, that's, that, that's that, my, that that's double lateral like, is an anomaly. That was the longest one in history ever. It was just complete luck. 
and that they had fucking don't even get me started on this all right i uh, i'm not even gonna say it was complete it was, it was, it was there luck was a lot that of was 150 percent luck no there was about 10 percent wait fucking horrible coaching going on there by as we talked about in the group text you do not stuff i understand they're trying to protect against the the hell mary but one thing you don't have to do versus ryan Tannehill's dumbass is protect against an 80 fucking yard hell mary you can't throw it that far um there's no way you can't you can throw, throw it 30 far. yards so you you don't stuff a bionic you know patched up fake old dead rob rob gronkowski back there <laughs> on the goal line and anticipate him being able to to get in front of anyone as fast as Kenyon Drake. So, I mean, basically, you know, once once he got past that mid-level and, you know, you could see him realize, like, holy shit, I'm about to score. And, you know, he took <laughs> off. He hit the burners. I think Justin Coleman was trying to run him, run him down, and all he had between him was Gronk. And Gronk, I mean, it looked like me trying to tackle Kenyon Drake. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> he's, that's how bad it was. He's just slow. He, he's not he's even out close. of shape. And, like, there's a reason you play offense. Like, why isn't Matthew Slater out there? He's a perennial right. – pro bowler on special teams specifically punt like punt and kick kickoff coverage like get get these offensive guys off the field that, that's such a dumb play but on the on the topic of henry i'll, I'll touch on it for a second uh, incredible run of course you know the jags are one of our biggest rivals i'm i'm in florida right now surrounded by jaguars fans i was at a you know a house party watching the game um electric run uh not only the, the life had already been taken out of the Jags once we stuffed them on fourth down on the goal line early on, they had plenty more opportunities after uh, you know the Mariota pick in the in the red zone, and then basically right after the stuff, you know all of the Jags fans around me were like, oh, "Here they go!" You know they're about to throw a forty yard screen pass, you know from the one, and turns out it was even better. They just handed it up up the up the gut, and Henry broke it through four different grown men right off of his ass, planted them in the dirt, and took it ninety nine yards for the score. So. That's uh, why that it's was, better. That was big time. That's why it's better. Just brute strength, just just manning up. If the tit- you know the Titans are yeah. still in the hunt, we'll we'll talk about this in a second. But uh, it's it's all going to come down to whether or not they can keep Henry going, um, and and just you know let when well, Mariota yeah. has the availability, to, you know when they open up the the play action, then they're a completely different team. So as long as Henry was doing what he did in this last game, we, I feel pretty good. Let's let's just go ahead and use that to transition. So, what does this do for the AFC playoff picture, Tom? Not a whole lot, really. Uh, when you look at it, the Chiefs—if you caught the end of their game—the Chiefs also should have lost this week, but sneaked one out against Baltimore, uh, who looks really good. Look out for Baltimore, by the way. But as of right now, the Chiefs sort of have the first seed locked up, bearing like a, a real meltdown. But the in addition to the Patriots losing, the Texans and Pittsburgh also lost. So pretty much all the seeds are staying the same with the Pats in second, Houston third, uh, and Pitt will take the fourth seed. And then the Chargers are at 10-3 and three right now, and the wild cards. That's cars. the one thing I'll correct you on. They they actually play the Chiefs coming down the stretch. So they're one game, well, yeah, one they're, game they're, the Chiefs right now. They're playing, so, uh, they're playing Thursday night, yeah. Right. So if they're able to take down the Chiefs, uh, they'll have the same record plus the tiebreaker and the Chargers. You know, this for as long as I've been alive, it seems like uh, Philip Rivers has been an NFL quarterback. They made the playoffs a few times, but uh, most certainly have never been a number one. You know, overall seed. Have the they conference. have they played yet this year? I think that they've obviously had to play one time, but um, whatever I was reading earlier basically designated that you know, so long as the as the uh, 
Chargers beat the Chiefs, they'll they'll own the tiebreaker based on whatever yeah. else. So Big game Thursday huge, then. Let's go. Huge AFC game Thursday. Yeah, this is going to be a huge deal. And uh, as you pointed out, uh, the Chiefs had to squeak one out versus the Ravens. That, that's what pretty much kept the Titans alive right now. Anyways, they're both gunning for that sixth overall AFC seed. Well, with with Pittsburgh losing, they're only, I think, one game up on Baltimore right now, too. Uh, Pittsburgh has a significant chance of completely missing the playoffs. That would just be the, the most poetic way for Pitt to go out this year, and just everyone can blame Le'Veon Bell. It's really like not yep, the worst yep. case for Mike Tomlin because he's got a scapegoat. I don't know, man. I don't know. If, I don't know. I think if they miss the playoffs, I think Tomlin's uh, head might be on the chopping block. I think you're right too. I mean, they just—they just lost to the worst team in the NFL. They lost yeah. to the Oakland that's, Raiders. That's a horrible, horrible loss. Now they have a tie versus the Browns yeah. and a loss to the Raiders. That is—that is no, Speaking no of, bueno. Uh, the chopping block. Um, the Packers' decision to let go of Mike McCarthy looks pretty good after they just dismantled the shit um, out of the Falcons. Uh, they had an extremely explosive performance, and basically, you should just let Aaron Rodgers be a player coach slash offensive coordinator. Yeah, hundred percent. Called that on beating the bookie. Like to just throw that out there now. Yeah, I mean, not to not to say. I mean, the Falcons are kind of fucking trash, but um, that, that was yeah, that was a mortal lock. Yeah, mortal lock. We got another mortal lock this week, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Tom, hook us up with the NFC picture, brother. So give us the headlines. Uh, just to wrap up here, the Saints and Rams are both eleven and two, and New Orleans has that tiebreaker from their shootout earlier this year. Um, so they're one and two. The Bears uh, move into third place after dismantling this you know powerhouse of a Rams offense. Uh, Todd Gurley was basically useless, which was great to see. As was Goff. And Jared Goff was yeah less than useless. I don't know if there's a word for that, but. Less than useless. Uh, Dallas is probably the hottest team right now in the NFC. Uh, I'm not afraid to say that just because, you know, they just beat the Saints. Um, and, and they're rolling, winning five straight games. And then, lastly, Seattle and Minnesota are still wild card teams. But all, all of a sudden, this, like, very NFC-heavy playoff picture really isn't looking all that heavy anymore. I, know. I think this year in general, the NFL, you know, you know, all the all the while, at least the last few years, you know, you can always point to like the Patriots and the AFC. Maybe there's one other AFC contender. It's usually the Steelers, and then whatever team comes out of the NFC. You know, a couple years ago, the Falcons were hot, etc. But for the, I think this is the deepest NFL playoff field in a long time, based on like you said, who's hot and who's not right now. Uh, obviously, the Saints and the Rams. Rams looked horrible versus the Bears, but. They're, they're a powerhouse team, so can't take anything away from those two teams. Speaking of the Bears, their defense, uh, as long as Trubisky can do anything, you know they, they have a chance to, to make some noise in the playoffs. The Cowboys are arguably the hottest team in the entire league right now. Um, I mean, that's, those are four anybody-can-beat-anybody teams. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Seattle. You know, if Seattle gets their running game going, much like the Titans, uh, Russell Wilson's a completely different quarterback when, they, when the play-action pass opens up for them. Um, of course, he had a horrible, horrible decision heading into the half with that fucking turnaround attempted throw out of bounds pick that didn't even that make, was it wasn't even within ten yards of getting out of bounds. That was again that looked like me um, hideous, horrible. But yeah, I thought I, mean, there, I thought that... there are five teams in the NFC that are stout. There are three or four teams in the AFC that are stout. It's it's going to be an extremely exciting NFL playoffs this year. 
I thought that last night's game was pitiful. I thought it was super fucking boring. I'm just going to throw that out there. I do have a question for you in terms of Amari Cooper's performance. We touched upon it a little bit. Being traded to Dallas and his performance uh, within the last few weeks, does that mean Derek Carr sucks? Um, no, I think That's a, a little one. bit of both, but it's not, it's easy to see based on interviews and things like that that uh, Amari Cooper just he did not enjoy Oakland uh, in, in the post game. You know, he he made a sort of made it a point to highlight. You know, like when I was growing up, this is what I imagined like this city, these <clears throat> facilities. These, you know, this moment basically um, as you know, walking off versus a division rival for the Cowboys, and his his heart just was not in Oakland whatsoever, and not to mention the fact that they were a fucking dumpster fire from the get go this season. So, you know, a lot of that, like how much your head is in the game and shit, goes into a player's performance, and obviously you can see that the the joke is on a lot of people. You know, everyone, it's it's a lot to give up a first round pick for a wide receiver, but. Um, it was obviously exactly what Dallas has needed. You know, they've won four in a row. They're the hottest team in the NFL. He's caught five touchdown passes since he went to them, 640-something yards in five games. Um, he's averaging, you know, 100-plus yards a game. It's It's been exactly the move that they were looking for. So for the first time in a long time, Jerry Jones looks like a smart man. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you mentioned well, the uh, facilities too, and I'll, I'll just make this quick, but – you know, he he goes from Alabama, which pretty much has the best facilities you can get in the country, um, probably not only in college but in the NFL as well. And then he goes to Oakland, which is kind of the equivalent of going and playing for like the Flint Tropics, I imagine. I mean, I mean, like the black holes are dumb. I, I don't even know what their facilities look like, but they can't be much better than that. And so it's it's interesting that he made a point of that um, because obviously Dallas has the new stadium, and and I'm sure their facilities are are world class and state of the art. So. You know, it's interesting what a, a, a bit of a change of scenery can do for a guy like that. Because everyone knew that he had the talent. So I'm kind of happy to see it, but I'm not because it's in the NFC East. Um, and I Cowboys. definitely hate Jerry Jones. Well, we painted a little bit of an NFC uh, playoff picture. Is, uh, I, not is, are the Saints still the team to beat? Yes. Yeah, no other it? contenders for you after the Bears I mean, victory? I don't I, I see mean, any of these good... teams rolling into New Orleans and beating the Saints at home. Dude, the Saints I think that's been, what it comes down I, to. The Saints have been very weird lately, though. They have not looked... I mean, The last three weeks have, have been slightly shaky, yeah. Yeah, shaky. And I think if a, a team like the Bears rolls into town, I, I don't know if, if they'll be able to handle that. I mean, the Bears... You know they're gonna. We'll see like if they're able to repeat the performance from last week against Aaron Rodgers and company. That's gonna be at Soldier Field. That place is gonna be absolutely rocking. Consider it's a division game, um, and so we'll see if they're able to repeat that because everyone's like is, is so stuck on the Giants putting up thirty points against the Bears, but the Bears weren't like they they were gonna let that week slide. They go, oh, it's the Giants. They're not a good team. It's not a divisional game. You know, let's just let's just focus on the next week, which was against the Rams. And so it kind of makes sense that, you know, the Giants were able to hang 30 on them. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't. I really don't think the Saints are going to be able to beat the Bears when it comes down to it. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad I asked. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit of money here. Put some dollar-dollar bills in these listeners' pockets. Throw out some picks for the week. Tom, I'll let you start us off. 
So yeah, I went four and one last week. Just airing that out. Um, seven and one if you count my Saturday special, uh, which is good because with week fifteen marks the start of Saturday NFL action. Gotta love that. We have two games coming up. Um, I think the Browns and the Broncos are on, and the Texans are playing the Jets on Saturday. So we got a couple games um, to kind of you know just last all weekend, which is nice. And I guess I'll start there on Saturday. I like Houston. I think this is a must-win game um, coming off a loss last week to Indy. Uh, and the Jets are a very beatable team. Uh, you know, with just the issues they've had all season, I think Houston corrects the boat. You know, they're bound to lose one. They won, what, nine in a row? They're, you know, it, it was just law of averages says they're going to lose one. I think they bounce back and they cover seven easy this week to show everyone that they are a real contender and that they're sticking around for the playoffs. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, going to be mortal luck between us, Tom. I got I got Houston there too. Um, pretty much, you know, to sum it up, the Jets stink and they'll always stink. And already, so, with that said, you know, take Houston, take them heavy. Versus Cowboys versus Vikings versus Jets versus Chargers. Uh, Another pick, another pick that I got. This one, Tom. I know. I think we might disagree here. Uh, I got Chicago minus five and a half points uh, at Duh, Sol- at Soldier Field. Um, like I said, that place is going to be sold out. The D is looking, uh, you know, like the best defense in the league by by a pretty good margin. Uh, you saw what they just did to Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, and Jared Goff and company. Uh, if they can do that to that offense and Sean McVay, who's supposed to be this offensive guru, which I think he is, uh, I think he's shown that most of the year. Um, but if, if they can do that to the Rams, I don't see why they couldn't do it to Green Bay. Their defense is so good at making the quarterback uncomfortable, so good at taking the running game out of the picture because of how good their linebackers are. So I, I like the uh, I like the Bears to cover by uh, TD here. Like you like that good D. I like that good D, Tom. You know, well, uh, I like that good D too. I like I like that dong that Aaron Rodgers is going to drop all over Chicago this week. Fading it. Aaron Rodgers is the king of the world right now. He's got McCarthy's ass off his shoulders. He just lit up, you know, NFC rival Matt Ryan and company. And now he's rolling into Chicago to remind everybody who daddy is. I The only place that's going to be louder and colder than Soldier Field is in Green Bay. And he's going to be used to it. This is nothing he hasn't seen before. There literally has nothing to lose. And the best thing about Green Bay is that they don't have a run game. So roles reverse on their defense. They're going to have to stop the passing game times two because zero running game times two passes per run is a lot of passes. You know, that's some really that, those are some some simple metrics if I've ever heard them. Should um, I should I run that back? Did you guys get all no, that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. We, we we sort of understood it. Hey, listen. So long long story short, the Bears. The Bears I took have Green Bay. Got, yeah. Well, obviously, I took them six Mac. and a half because I looked yesterday. They're six and a half. Now it's already five and a half. You're telling me that's good news for me. Mm-hmm. That means that public money's going to Green Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Hey, man. All I got to say is Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller, best one of the best safeties and probably the best cornerback. So. Uh, they'll lock down Devontae Adams, and they've got no other receivers other than that. So, not worried about it. Take the Bears. Well, I guess lastly here, one over-under I got for you guys. I like the over 47 
in Dallas and Indianapolis. They're playing at Indy, and I think Dak has been, especially obviously with Cooper, but when you have Cooper and Zeke going, this Dallas offense can score points. They can score in a hurry when they need to. Um, and I, I think Indy at home is a, a much more sound offensive team. And particularly this offensive front is has been excellent at protecting Andrew Luck this year. I think that this game turns into a bit of a shootout. Uh, I don't know who's going to win, but I like over 47. I can see easily, you know, 28, 24, something like that. Covering easy. Um, all right. And uh, I got I got one last pick. Uh, I got Seattle minus five and a half. That's at San Francisco. Um, after seeing their latest Monday night game versus the Vikings, uh, their defense seems to be kind of like a Legion of Boom 2.0, even though it's kind of like a bunch of no names, uh, especially in the secondary with no Earl Thomas, uh, no Richard They've Sherman. Gelled. They've gelled really well. Um, you know, the only thing that Brandon, uh, what is it, Brandon Browner? Is booming or is, yes. is booming these days as people's heads. So I don't know if you guys saw, but he's going to jail for eight years for attempted murder. Um, Patriot baby. But, yeah, but uh, right. see, I got Seattle minus five and a half. San Francisco. They've been able to hang around with teams, but uh, I like the way Seahawks are playing right now. So I'm going to keep riding them. Um, I've I've got some picks that were thrown at me. A uh, bit of an insider pick just to give you guys something to fucking uh, look into and also laugh if they're wrong. Um, But, Harry, I agree uh, with you on the Jets sucking ass. So I have Houston uh, minus six this week. I've got Miami on a money line at plus 262. Um, They're playing Vikings. Vikings coming off of, obviously, a loss against Seattle uh, and just looking kind of like dog shit. Um, Kirk just hasn't been able to get it done. Diggs is catching balls, but not scoring touchdowns. So um, that doesn't get you victories. And I've got Chiefs minus three and a half versus Chargers. The Chargers, I should say. And then lastly, I got Indy minus three versus the Cowboys. That has to be a pick for every fucking NFL game this week. That's what we got for this week's beating the bookie segment. What do you got, Brent? Anything? I said that had to be a pick. We have officially locked in a pick for every single game on the slate this week. Pretty damn close, yeah. yeah. That's how it's done. Good. 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 I'm glad. All right, well, let's talk college hoops. That's what we got last year on the docket before some buzzer beaters. Um, we've got some topics to kind of touch upon before we go into our uh, college basketball Power 5 uh, rankings. So I uh, wanted to kick off and just start and ask you guys, Seton Hall buzzer beater, Versus Vols upsetting number one Gonzaga. What was more electric for you? Obviously, I'll turn it over to Brent first. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny you mentioned because both are fucking awesome. Um, if you ask what a perfect weekend in college basketball looks like for me, it's uh, Vols dominating um, the number one team in the country as well as a Kentucky loss. And not to mention a Kentucky loss, but a Kentucky loss to Seton Hall on a buzzer beater. Uh, not a true buzzer beater. There's like 1.2 seconds on the clock, whatever. But a step back, contested three. Uh, Calipari, you know, he had to go tuck his tail. He ran to mass on Sunday, prayed for the blue. Um, that's what he always does. Uh, he lit a bunch of candles for the boys, for the big blue nation. 
but that's not going to do shit. Uh, this team, you know, was pretty highly ranked coming into the season. I think number eight overall. Uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna fall out of the top twenty-five after after this week, basically. Um, on the flip side, yeah, the Vols, you know, came out and struggled early versus Gonzaga. A little history, of course, as we talked about earlier. The Vols' only loss this season was to number one Kansas. Uh, Gonzaga had beaten Duke uh, that same week, basically, so they made the rise to number one, and then here come the Vols and dismantle Gonzaga. Um, it was it was an awesome game all the way through. Really, uh, we struggled in the first half, took them into the to the half at, by one, and then uh, they they got up pretty big, I think, by eight points at one point in the second half, and that is when the Admiral Schofield show uh, came. And he went, uh, he went for 30 points in the game, 25 of which came in the second half, including the last 11 for the Vols. Uh, and the last six of his points were the two biggest money threes of his life thus far. Uh, one was a bank shot. He did not call bank, but who gives a fuck? So that was big time. Uh, Seton Hall, as we said, upsets number nine, Kentucky. Furman, fresh, you know, a week fresh off of... Uh, beating Villanova, which, by the way, live update, Villanova just lost uh, to Penn, U-Penn, that is, the Ivy League. <laughs> Bunch of nerds. Uh, um, took down, you know, uh, the Villanova Wildcats, Jay Wright, who have won two of the last three national championships. Not only that, uh, Nova has Kansas coming up, so it's not looking good for Jay Wright and the Villanova Wildcats, but luckily for them, it's, uh, it's still just December, so they got a lot of basketball left to play. Uh, well, yeah. do we want to just dive straight into our college basketball power five? Or, Tom, do you have any thoughts last-minute banner for college hoops before we dive into it? Uh, no, we can just get right into it. I guess, like Brent mentioned, uh, Villanova comes up with Kansas. And right now, I think everybody is like, finally, finally everyone's listening to me. This Kansas team is the best team in the country. Uh, I know Brent and his Tennessee fans will probably have something to say about that. But Kansas deserves it, um, but they haven't really been playing all that well. Um, they have another test this week with Arizona, who's like 20th, and they're without their center, um, Udona Azubuke, and there's no real timetable on his return. So when you're missing your, you know, the, the heart and center of your, your defense and your, your, your biggest rebounder, um, that's you know that's never conducive for a, a, to hold on to this number one seed. So will they? I don't know, but as of right now, deservedly so. Kansas is number one. Yeah. Um, before you even get going, I have to vehemently disagree with the rest of the list. Of course, at the time that ten- Kansas and Tennessee played, uh, they did have Azabuke, you know, their best player, the guy who makes them the number one team in the nation. You know, we we were up nine in the second half. They came back, and we went into overtime. So two pretty evenly matched teams. Of course, we just beat the team that beat Duke. Um, so I, I, like, I would stuff the Vols at number two, but I won't argue too much. It's early in the season, and we're in the top five regardless. So I'll, I'll let you keep carrying So, yeah, these aren't, these aren't the AP rankings, uh, obviously. Uh, but at number two, I like UVA. I really don't know why. I think they, they just don't get the recognition they deserve. Because they don't put up, you know, ninety to a hundred points a game. There's no big donks or, you know, top five recruits on the floor at all times. It, they just play like hard nosed basketball, but it works for them. This team is the best team in the country um, defensively, allowing only fifty one points per game. And 
I'm, I know last year was like the, the big upset, but that was last year. These guys are coming for blood, and all of them are back. Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, Jack Salt. Uh, if you notice, they're all average white guys, but that's just who UVA is. Um, and they're a very good Jack basketball Salt team. is the whitest name I've ever heard in my entire life. He's actually Australian. He's from down under. Cut. Kyle Guy might be whiter. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do a little uh, test there, see who who's who. But th- you know this this team is full of veterans who are on a revenge tour. Look out for them. You're still riding Duke pretty high there. Yeah, I have Duke at third. I mean, they play that Gonzaga game again. They probably win five or six times. And since then, they've been winning by an average margin of 37 points per game. I know you can look and say, well, they haven't been playing the greatest of opponents. But, the, I mean, 40 points a game is a ton of fucking points. That's just dominance. And I, I, I think that they needed that to sort of check themselves before they wrecked themselves. And now they're ready to go. Um, and then, I guess, lastly... Gonzaga, uh, well, Tennessee, I have fourth, uh, which, you know, we've already been over. I think the Grant Williams hype is real. The Admiral Schofield hype is real. They're going to need to play better team ball down the stretch. I think a lot of it was hero ball. And what I mean is basically just get it to Schofield. And on a hot night, he can hit those shots. It, you know, if he goes cold one game, who who's going to step up? That's, I mean, that's the thing. What, what, I know we've talked enough about Tennessee already. I'll make it quick. You know, they've got the two, basically at this point, the consensus two best players in the SEC right now. Uh, Grant Williams was literally SEC player of the year last year. Uh, he's already averaging over 20 and 8 this year, so sort of well on track. And then, of course, Schofield, as you said, um, right now he's he's playing, you know, may, maybe even establishing himself as the best player on the Tennessee team above Grant Williams. But, you know, what happened in this past game, you're right. Uh, in the two biggest games of the season thus far at K- versus Kansas and versus Gonzaga, Williams has fouled out uh, in regulation. Um, the biggest thing that's happened in both is sort of the most, implor- most important plug player, the only true big man we have on the team, Kyle Alexander. He's gotten in foul trouble early. That forces the rotation to go smaller and puts Grant, instead of playing at like a stretch 3-4, you know, he's playing that 4-5 position and He's just not quite big enough, you know, to get the blocks that he needs. And that's, you know, he gets called a lot. So basically, you know, when, when Alexander goes out early, it, it really puts a lot of pressure on those guys to play defense. Obviously, Williams is going to have to keep that under control. No one needs him fouling out late in the season. But, yeah, I mean, we, obviously we like where we are. We got a little trap game coming up this week at Memphis, in Memphis, uh, reigniting the rivalry game. But it's it's one of those 11, 11 a.m. Central Time games. You fucking hate – when you're a, when you're a highly ranked team going away to play a rival, you hate 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 tipping off before lunch. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and then I guess just to round it out, I have Gonzaga fifth. I mean, they have their you know we beat Duke card, so they're going to be fine. And you know from here on out, their conference is cake. So they'll they'll maintain top ten all season. And then to round it out, I have Michigan, Nevada, Auburn, Florida State, and Michigan State. Mostly excited about Florida State for reasons I will get into at a later date. Look out for Florida State. You heard it here first. 
You got we'll any thoughts on Michigan basketball. this season? Um, he he listed Michigan at six. No, I, I no, no, I know. I'm just asking if he's got any thoughts for them going forward with the season. Yeah, they have to play better and not turn the ball over as much as they have been. Oh, okay, do better. All right, good. I like that. <laughs> Win. <laughs> we'll we'll talk more in depth about college basketball. You know, as this, we only got a few few more weeks in the NFL. That's that's where the money is. That's yeah, where, we'll get heavy into conference so. play, which starts like after the new year. Exactly. It's going it's to be prime time college basketball season. Good stuff. Well, we might as well just go ahead and kick it off right into buzzer beaters then. Uh, and I'll let Thomas start us off. Uh, yeah, I'm going to hop, uh, stay in the same sport, hop over to the NBA and just give a quick shout out to LeBron and Dwayne Wade, who, you know, essentially were drafted together, came up together. They played championships with each other, against each other um, on Olympic stages, you name it. And they played their final game uh, with Dwayne Wade retiring this year. They played the final game against one another this year. And, you know, obviously the the Bulls and Lakers are not destined for a championship run this year. Um, or the Heat. Yeah, sorry, the Heat. So, uh, you know, it's, it's sad to see, but it's also a very cool moment they shared. And a uh, nice little reflection piece on... You know, we've basically watched a, an entire generation of basketball. And, D, like, D-Wade was the cap. Now it's just like LeBron. Eric, what do you got for us? Uh, yeah, I was I was a little afraid they were going to make out on court, but i um, glad they didn't. Um, I, got, I just got a quick shout-out, uh, you know, related to the NHL. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and New York Rangers faced off last night. And the Lightning ended up winning that game 6-3. to three. Um, But within that game, uh, one player in particular, Steven Stamkos, had a hat-trick, which brought his career point total to 700 career points. Uh, that's a huge feat in today's game. Uh, this guy's been one of the consistently best players in the league for the since he's been drafted, really, which I believe was about 12 or so years ago. Um, so big shout-out to him. That's a cool feat. Uh, he'll, he'll keep doing his thing for another you know, a few years at least. Um, really exciting guy to watch. So, uh, you know, 700 points. Big congrats to the Stammers. Very nice. Um, well, I brought it to you all your attention uh, about a week or two ago. Chris Black, I know you think you know it all. Just wanted to read a little bit of this for you uh most yachts are just floating motorhomes so remember that um and if you're wearing a beanie in 80 degree weather it makes you look like you're new to the world and you do not comprehend temperature so i'm also going to elbow you in the face (laughs) yeah yeah and then that so uh that's all i got for you tonight and i'll turn it over to shakes to close us out with a little bit of music history yeah, La Musica, uh, on this day in 1970, uh, and by the way, this day meaning tomorrow, December 12th, 1970, The Doors with Jim Morrison played their last ever live show in New Orleans. Uh, Mr. Mojo Risen, the, the Goat, The American Beetle, Sex Having Machine, all of the above. Uh, so RIP to Mr. Jim Morrison. We love you, buddy. And lastly, yeah. before we roll out, uh, to a little bit of Jim Morrison and the Doors, we want to give you all a bit of a PSA that we will be taking a break for the holidays. All of you go enjoy. We will be back after the new year with season two. 
some new fresh ideas. We will still be on social media, so make sure to follow us. Make sure to DM. We love all of you, and we will talk to you soon. We out. Later. Give up your vows. Give up your vows.